are a year deep into the world that is now in current reality. The only difference is last year, you didn't have us, and now you do. Thanks again for clicking play. I'm Unqua Sonia. He's Brian Albin. Welcome back to Award Tour, the podcast, a show that covers the intersection of race, sports, and culture. You can follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can leave us a voice message on Anchor. And, of course, uh, you can catch up with us on social media at Award Tour Pod. Somewhat simple show, but a really nuanced conversation we intend to have today, especially since somehow uh, professional athletes, let me be more clear, white professional athletes can't quite seem to get out of their own way. And so we will dissect what team dynamics look like. Of course, we've got America's favorite game. Tell me something I don't know. And of course, our weekly awards. We did take a hiatus last week, but we're back this time. So quick mental health check. Well, it actually doesn't have to be quick. What's going on with you, man? I'll keep it quick. I'm good. I'm chilling. <laughs> Just, you know, fighting fighting the sun right now. I feel like I'm in, you know, left field at like a 5, 6 p.m. game in Yankee Stadium or something. It's uh, <laughs> sun's kind of creeping on me in the apartment right now. But other than that, I'm good. What's going on with you? Honestly, I have realized that I've just been happier over the last two weeks, and I don't think anything demonstratively happened in my personal life. Well, I did. So for those who are unfamiliar, I'm also a musician, and I finally got to play with a fantastic group of guys, Sheldon Ray and the Pimptown Players. Shout out to them. And I finally got to play for the first time in damn near a year. Just I needed that so bad. Like, really, really bad. I'm so grateful. Everybody was distanced as much as possible. Um, I don't know how I can play the saxophone through a mask. Like, I really, really, really tried. But it was really, really a great experience. But the best part about the last couple of weeks is that there's been more sunlight. So it's pretty ironic to me that the sun's kind of being much of a glare. When daylight savings comes in three days, I have never been more excited to lose an hour of sleep. It's going to be amazing. Pumped. I am pumped. Yeah. There's everybody I feel like always complains about losing the hour of sleep in the lead up. And I'm just like, you're not going to care by tomorrow. And by tomorrow, it's 725. The sun will still be out and you will be like, eons happier what are you talking about exactly. that's one of the worst takes of all time people who get excited for the extra hour of sleep in november and who get like disappointed about losing the hour in sleep in march worst take ever agreed like it's, play the long game seriously it is also happening on a sunday you're not it's exactly not, it's, it's, it's not, not gonna stop your you monday anyway. morning for real. Like if it's if if you gain the extra hour of sleep, you end up just staying up for 2 a.m. the second time around <laughs> and still getting up at like 10. You don't gain any sleep. And then on the other side of it, like, oh, boo hoo. You went to bed at 2 a.m. on Saturday and you slept until 11 and it feels like 10 instead. Like whatever. You were just sleeping in it. Yeah. Worst take ever. Worst take ever. Worst take Hall of Fame. Get it together, people. Seriously. Perfect segue. You know who else I wish got it together? Uh, Myers Leonard. Uh, So the Miami Heat forward, formerly of Portland, formerly of, he went to like Illinois or some college, right? Illinois, yes. He did go to Illinois. Okay. So 
if you've been following him since college, let's just say he hasn't really lived up to that lottery uh, pick billing. But what he has done is become a reserve body. And now he is the latest in a long line of athletes who have used anti-Semitic comments. We're not going to play the video here, but you've probably seen the video of him playing. I think it was Call of Duty or something. And dude uttered out the four-letter word that I had to learn from a movie. Like, I, I heard that word for the first time in American Gangster, you know, the, the, the Denzel Washington movie. And I'm like, that just seems wrong. So I literally looked it up and I was like, this is terrible. This is actually really, really, really bad. And yet Myers Leonard decided that it was an appropriate thing to utter during a live stream. Now, this is not a show where we will discuss, quote unquote, the nuance of what he said, because there is no nuance to what he said. It was a racial slur. It was anti-Semitic. It was flat out wrong. And I hope they throw the book at his ass. With that being said, we have seen these stories pop up again and again and again. We noted even beforehand a couple weeks ago when Trevor Bauer was signed that there was a lot of controversy about the things that he said on social media, particularly when it comes to women and somehow he's a QAnon truther, whatever. But it brought a question that we're going to get a chance to dive in today, which is that when Trevor Bauer was being looked at as a free agent target, you heard the magic words for any major league or professional front office. Good teammate. People bring their whole selves into the clubhouse, the locker room, what have you. And yet, with all of the surroundings of these potential people's characters, all you hear is good teammate, which means that those cultures can absorb the unmentionables. So, Brian, with that being said, we're not even going to break down what it means to be a quote-unquote good teammate, but what does a team dynamic feel like when you have a personality like his, and how do you even bounce back from something that happened on Tuesday, or do you not bounce back at all? Because there, there are a lot of directions to go with this. So I imagine if we're, if we're applying it to Myers-Leonard, to me, there's a difference between applying it to Myers-Leonard and Trevor Bauer, just in the sense of Trevor Bauer is entering a new locker room. When a guy is entering a new locker room with some sketchiness surrounding the character of that person, I think it is more difficult to figure out how to create the team dynamic and interact as a teammate, right? Because like, if you're... Cody Bellinger, or if you're uh, Mookie Betts, or if you're Clayton Kershaw, and you've never spent a minute in a clubhouse with this guy, if you have questions about him, it's easier to question the perception of him because you don't know the character yet. You don't know the person. You don't have any like fundamental background knowledge. I imagine with Myers Leonard it won't be so difficult for his teammates to reintegrate him, if I was guessing, just because we have sort of, what, he's been there a couple years, so you've shared the locker room and you at least have, 
your own personal experience over a couple years and going to work with the person day after day, which might stand out to you more than something he said and got caught saying on like an internet video game stream. So I think it's a it, it's a tough situation in terms of people bring the whole person into the locker room or the clubhouse, but at the same time they don't all the time. You know what I mean? Like if someone has flaws, they often don't bring them to work. Or to the locker room. And that might change the perception of how to... It might change your desire to castigate somebody as opposed to give them the benefit of the doubt, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, and that's where it's sort of a complicated situation. Like, I, I don't know if I was Myers Leonard's teammate and I saw this and I had had a good two-year working relationship with him, I don't think I would be writing him off personally so much as wanting to have a conversation about, like, where did that come from? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the excuse that was in that statement he wrote was that he heard it online and, and repeated it, which either means... You're a terrible liar, or you're not that bright. Which can be true in either sense. But I'll, I'll touch on the on the Myers Leonard thing by saying that um, I'm not sure if I would be willing to have that conversation with him. Because, look, I, 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 I study the way that people talk. And as much as you don't want to read too much into it or whatever. I, I read into it the fact that he he said that word with full-blown intention. It's not like he just looked at oop, my bad. The full-out pause before that word left his lips. And to me, it's like you were searching for the right word and you decided that that was it. Like, I, I don't think when racial slurs immediately just are part of your vocabulary, that's not something I can just sort of dismiss because it's like, what's there to talk about if this is your form of conversation? And if this is your form of conversation, business may be business, but well, like you, we don't have to commune. And frankly, like it even gets more complicated when you consider that Mickey Arison, the owner of the Miami Heat, is also Jewish. So it's almost as if he typically did not really think about the consequences of the words that came out of his mouth. And it's like, you put people in a tough position for no reason. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think he didn't weigh the consequences of the words that were caught out of his mouth. I, I think there's no no way to disagree with that. I mean, yeah, I think it, it speaks to how much... I think there's an interesting discussion in terms of how much language lets you define a person's character, right? Like, Like, I don't want people to be 
using slurs. I think that, that somebody who feels comfortable using a slur, whether it's ignorant or not, like if that is part of your vocabulary, that speaks to someone who lacks sensitivity, lacks good judgment, and potentially worse. Um, at the same time, there are ways to use language in incredibly poor taste that does not use slurs that is just as harmful, if not more, in terms of like being objectifying towards a certain type of whether it's, you know, by gender, by race, whatever it may be. Um, and you can do that without using slurs and you can do that eloquently. And yet that's just as harmful, if not more, because that speaks more to a, you know, legitimate personality trait and belief system. Like, I don't think his belief system is anti-Semitism. I'm not willing to jump to that conclusion off of him using a word that he should have known better, but whether he took it from South Park or whether he took it from the internet, like he's saying, like, as a Jewish person, I didn't hear him say that and, like, get my fists, like, ready to fight because mm. I felt like someone was coming after me. I heard it, and I was just like, why? Like, come on. What? Why is that even there? It's not applicable to the conversation. Like, you're talking trash over a video game. Like, that word doesn't belong in that conversation. Like, what? what the hell? Like, why? But I'm not, like ready to fight the dude because I think he hates me because of my religion. You know what I mean? Like, so it's one of those things where I felt a similar way with it. I feel like when it came down to like, I think I was more hurt by if I'm, if I'm doing my athlete anti-Semitism rankings of like the past six months or whatever, <laughs> the past like six months, that, that's where we are as a society, people. Past freaking six months. I'm like most hurt by Steven Jackson. I'm slightly hurt by Deshaun Jackson. And I'm slightly hurt by Myers Leonard. And like the, the, the difference between those levels to me is that like Steven ja Deshaun Jackson spread some ignorant stuff. And I don't think he really knew what he was spreading. Steven Jackson deliberately came in and defended it and defended it on the merits. And that to me is hugely different than like Deshaun Jackson spread something on the internet that he probably saw and just clicked share or retweet or whatever without thinking. Myers Leonard said a word that is hurtful without thinking. Steven Jackson had time to think about what he was doing and deliberately came in over the top in perpetuated a stereotype that has no bearings in reality and legitimately leads to hateful feelings towards a group of people. So like, and Steven Jackson gets talked about from his playing days as being a great teammate. I imagine he was a great teammate to people in his locker room. And I imagine that that wouldn't change if I was a teammate in a locker room and he gave all the traits of a good teammate, I have a hard time believing that would make me change my perception on him as a teammate. 
but it's like something very serious that we need to talk man to man about. And my perception of you as a teammate will change if you are not willing to listen to how you are wrong. Because this isn't a situation where it's just a difference of opinions. This is a situation where you're legitimately wrong. So along those lines, because with that, I almost want to take it in a different direction. Like when we talk about like work life balance, you and I as semi-regular people, like, and I do mean semi-regular people, we don't often have to take our work home. I mean, this podcast aside, we, we don't really have to do that. But for these professional athletes, work is home and home is usually work. Like when it's not the season, they are training on a pretty regular basis. Their presence is demanded at, at many a social event, community service outreach program, et cetera, et cetera. So it almost changes the conversation a little bit more because I even recognize that from from even from our college days, like a lot of college teammates are still friends still talk together because you know it's bonding you you pretty much grew up together so now that someone's character internally is being questioned it does change things a little bit and since there's really not much work-life balance to begin with I almost wonder if it hurts a little bit more because I would think I, I, I think I think I missed I missed where what you were sort of saying there. I guess My brain is slow today and I didn't process it well. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is I I kind of wonder with everything that is demanded of these athletes like is being a good teammate enough. <sighs> um I mean, I would think yes, in the sense of a team is essentially an artificial construct. If we're like going philosophical with it, right? Let's like, get into it. Let's get into it. We use all these platitudes to describe teamwork. But if it wasn't for the fact that there was this inherent common goal defined by the team, you know, like to play in the NBA or to play in Major League Baseball or whatever sport, to be on a team, it gives you all a common goal without you having to share a single personality trait. Like from the get-go, there is an artificial construct that you all are reaching for just by participation. And many of the ways to reach that goal really don't involve character traits outside of like cooperation and support when you're within the building. Now, like it makes you a great teammate if you care about your teammates outside of just where you work. But you could be a good teammate in the sports construct by just showing up to work every day and having good attributes for 120 minutes a day and then going home keeping to yourself completely 
in living the way you personally choose to live. Like, you could be reclusive, but in the sports construct, be a good teammate. Because, in a way, sports are outside of reality. I don't think that's the goal. I don't think that's what we should aspire to. But that's why it's hard for me to instantly label somebody who might be sketchy on their own time is a bad teammate because like I feel like if Myers Leonard was a terrible teammate in the sports construct people would be ready to jump and take him down when he makes a slip like this right oh yeah and we don't see that really happening from anybody in the NBA at least I haven't seen it I I haven't seen players subtweeting him I haven't seen players talking about how I I mean I knew this dude was a racist yeah you know like there hasn't been any of that going on which makes it easier to think that based on their experience he is a very pleasant person to share the office with so to say Hmm. and he doesn't bring that type of thing to the office he brought it to an online video game where you know he probably thought he was alone he thought he was in his safe space thought he could just be loose at the wheel and i don't know why that would come up but why wasn't it his life it was his live stream it was his own live stream yeah i mean you know, like- i can't i can't explain stupid i <laughs> but you know it's i don't know it's just hard for me to like drag him without you know having any any better context it, i don't know I, I i feel like i'm making excuses for a guy maybe who knows um but i just i'm willing to extend like this separation between if you come into work and you are a good person at work day after day after day after day, it earns you some leash, I think, in terms of when you make a mistake outside of work, how your teammates will view you when you come in the next day. How much leash you get changes over time. And Myers Leonard has less leash now, I would imagine, with guys in his locker room than he did a week ago but i don't know it seems like you might think differently on this one i just feel like you know situations like this lend themselves to like more grace than like really necessary and that even feels weird to say because I think at heart I tend to be more gracious than not. But I think like a, a matter like this is is super serious. Like if if he had said the N word on that live stream, it would already be over. Like like think about it. That that's one thing in the NBA especially, or rather in any professional league for that matter. Shoot, even college. Shoot, even high school. Like that—that's that's a big no-no. And so I—I I kind of note that there's 
a bit more willingness publicly to extend grace to to Myers Leonard when in actuality, like what he said was disgusting. Again, in, in, in every facet of it. And I am not really sure if there is going to be an applicable punishment because at the end of the day, whether he's accepted in the locker room or not, the team has separated themselves from him indefinitely and the league at a certain point is going to have to come down. And I think it would actually be a mistake if they didn't treat it as seriously as it entails. Like I don't want grace to be a part of the conversation in this respect because what he said was wrong. What he said was hateful. What he said was disgusting. Like it, it should be a, to me. It should be a no-brainer. I'm all for punishment. I'm all for sanctioning from the league. I, I just, I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to say that I should be able to speak for any member of the Miami Heat who, when Myers Leonard comes back to the practice facility the next time he's allowed, is willing to just accept an apology and move on because they feel like they know him well enough to do so. I I think that's sort of just where my thing on it is. I don't want to make a judgment on who he is as a teammate without having, you know, the supporting evidence of people who have played with him. And, And that's sort of just where my, you know, I guess feelings are on him as a person. I do think it's an interesting question in terms of how much, how harmful can it be to a team when somebody does something that creates any sort of questions about who he may be personally? Because for a lot, to a large extent, you have, are trying to overlook who one another are as people in a competitive environment. Um, so I do think that's an interesting question in terms of how much can be overlooked before it becomes damaging to an actual team and the team's ability to perform. Like, I, I don't think anything that happened with this would be enough to do that. I do wonder with Trevor Bauer, uh, based on the things you have shared in terms of theories he has posted, yada, yada, yada. That feels like more of what his belief system is and what his character truly is as opposed to a one-word slip-up. And I would wonder when that becomes detrimental to a team, even if he shows up like a good teammate, per se, on a day-to-day basis. Just having those questions in the back of your mind about a dude I wonder how much of a toll that can take on a team. Onward we move, though, to America's favorite game show of the past almost year now. Oh yes, because this is uh we're 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 almost at the one year anniversary. We'll have to figure out 
when that actually was. But in case you've been listening all this time with us, you know that it's time for Tell Me Something I Don't Know. It is where we ask each other a question and let the other just spitball on what we won't know about how they felt or did or whatever it may be in a certain situation. And we are recording on March 11th. You know what March 11th is, right? That's affectionately known around the NBA as Rudy Gobert Day. Yes, it is forever known as Rudy Gobert Day. The day that Rudy Gobert tested (laughs) positive for coronavirus and the NBA season was suspended and basically the world was suspended as soon as the NBA suspended. And so, you know, we all remember the lead up sort of to that day in terms of we knew coronavirus was real. We knew it was coming. But we didn't really know, like, what, what, what is it actually going to look like in terms of its ability to impact our daily lives? Well, the NBA shutting down was the first, like, crystal clear, oh, oh, it's like that, huh? Eef. And so once it arrived, you know, we all had our, uh, we all had our takes we all had our feelings of what was to come and what you know life was going to look like. So tell me something I don't know. What was just like your worst take you had on how things were going to transpire once March 11th came last year and the NBA season was suspended? Okay, the worst take. I mean, it it feels super obvious, but I honestly thought at that time that the suspension was like totally like out of pocket. I'm like, you're suspending the season. What, what What's going on? Isn't this like the flu? And I'm not even mocking our former commander in chief. Like I, di- I didn't know anything about it. I was like, you're suspending a whole season. I'm thinking, okay, look, at least by April, we'll have it under control. Maybe, you know, maybe things won't be that bad. And then it swept through everything. Like, I had a broadcast slate full of games to do. I had a busy spring of coaching AU basketball. Like, I I was going to be all over the place. Like, I was going to be pretty busy. Next thing I know, all of that is wiped away week by week. And I'm sitting there like, okay, well, we'll be back soon, right? We'll be back soon. So I would I you know I would say my worst take was thinking that we would have a regular summer and we flat out did not. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one we were all a victim to. Like I remember feeling like I was like the sharp, the savvy one. I remember like when I texted one of my coworkers at the restaurant uh like once it became official that our restaurant was closing. And that was a few days later. That was like March 15th or something. And, you know, we were just texting and she said something along the lines of like, I just hope, you know, we get this under control and like we're back in a couple weeks. And I was like, oh, I I know I'm going to be the sharp one and let her know. I was like, oh, you know, we're not looking at two weeks. We're looking at like two to three months. Two to three months. (laughs) I thought I was smart for saying this might be like two to three months before we get, you know, closer to normal and get things back on track. It's like not even close. That was a terrible take. 
feel like we were all just like so blinded by our desire for this not to be some long thing. Cause like we're not we're not bears. We're not prepared to hibernate for the winter. We don't do that. No, we do not. We are social beings as we keep realizing. It, it does kind of really hurt because I'm I'm just I've never been to New Zealand a day in my life and now I really want to go. Cause <laughs> they really figured it out. Everybody stayed Australia too, for that matter. Everybody stayed home. Like and, and and people who were working were not put in the position to have to pick between their health and money. And now they have they're having sold out concerts. They're having full fledged like life is actually normal for them. And I'm still sitting here like we didn't handle this well at all. And and you know what I, I think. In this country, especially, we have become very, 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 very jaded at what life is really like. And I use the word jaded because instead of all of us, because I, I personally have cracked at it a couple of times. I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore. Like I would leave a mask. I would have a mask on, but I would, you know, like I wouldn't adhere all the way to social distancing guidelines. We think that it's all just for show. And we think that the rules don't really apply sometimes. And a year later, we're still here. Right? Because there was an ample opportunity to just adhere to the guidelines. And granted, the guidelines were all over the place in the first couple of months because nobody knew what in the world was going on. But there was a window of opportunity for us before the vaccine came to settle down and keep things under control. And, and we didn't on mass. We, we just didn't. So my worst take in the short term was that like in the lead up to March 11th, like on March 9th, the Ivy league canceled its conference tournament. Just like completely. And I was like, are they crazy? Like, they just skipped going fanless and just canceled their conference tournament altogether. Like, how unfair <laughs> to the student athletes who were under the premise of that there's going to be a conference tournament all year. And now all of a sudden, Harvard's finding out they don't have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament because it's just over now. Yale gets to go. And I was just like, how, what, what kind of crazy people are they just skipping all precautions and just going straight to cancellation? And then like three days later, I'm like, what the fuck does the Big East think they know by starting <laughs> this game at noon between Creighton and St. John's when every other conference tournament in the country has been shut down? Like, what is wrong with them? Like, that's how quickly it all went. And that's how quickly perceptions changed. And that I find that funny. But my longer range take that just turned out so bad. I am a March 12th birthday. So March 11th was not a fun day. No, not a fun day whatsoever. No, no. Happy early birthday, by the way. <laughs> I had all these plans for March 12th last year and ended up just going to the grocery store to like prepare to stay inside for the next however many weeks. So my take 
was like, whatever, I'm taking this L. I'm going nuts for my 30th in March <laughs> of 2021. Oh, and I had, my God! I had all these ideas in my head of what was going to happen. Oh, man! And here we are. And has anything really changed? Not really. Oh, man! There's no planes to hop on. There's no trips yes, there to are. take. Yes, there's there no are. parties to have. Oh, yes, there are. You just oh, got no, you, no. you, you, you can definitely have them. You'll just sort of be shamed for them or they'll just be harder to pull off. But you can definitely have them. I mean, I'm not going to be that person <laughs> who has. So it's just like worst take I had was that uh, uh whatever. Just wait a year. Next birthday is going to be nuts. So, mm, next birthday, you're just you're, you're still going to be home and you're still going to be wearing a mask and you're still going to be afraid to stand closer than three feet from people so uh bad take on my part there see i look time is a construct time is not a construct but it also is sort of a construct and so i am willing to say that anybody with a birthday while we are still (laughs) stuck in here you can celebrate your birthday whenever you want this year because we're apparently all supposed to be vaccinated by may so July 12th is your new 30th birthday. Everybody's just going to be having round number birthdays this summer. Oh, that's what you're saying. Oh, what? Absolutely. <laughs> and the crazy part about it is, you know, I, I, The Read is one of my favorite podcasts. And uh, Crystal's one of the hosts. She mentioned that, uh, you know, the Roaring Twenties a century ago came after the Spanish flu. Can you imagine what this decade of the 2020s is going to be like now? People are going to be off the wall. No Mike Jack. People are going to throw caution to the absolute wind. They're going to say, like, Drake was 10 years too early with the motto. (laughs) You only live once. That's the motto, YOLO. He was 10 years too early. Who would have known? That is going to be the entire, oh my God. I can imagine. Matter of fact, it's, I'm not going to lie. That's something I would do. If I was throwing up, if I was throwing a party after everybody got vaccinated, that's the first song I would play. And I would just loop that hook the entire time for at least 15 minutes. I mean, I love the song, but you're just launching me into my age-old tangent that I've been throwing out there for Uh, 10 years. uh (laughs) You know what the issue with YOLO is? It is... Yodo. (laughs) Oh, I mean, like, it's kind of funny, but it's not that funny. No, it is. Because we have a lot... We had a lot more deaths from coronavirus in this country because of people living out the motto too much this oh, year. You, oh, way to bring me back down to earth. Yeah, that's what I do. I spoil everything. <laughs> oh, man. Damn. When he's right, he's right. Thank you.
from one staple of the show to the next we move from tell me something to the awards portion of our program we're going to keep it simple this week just one award each who's getting yours so i have to give credit to tiktok like tiktok is an app i just downloaded i'm not really on it and the beautiful thing about twitter is that the good tiktoks make their way to twitter anyway and as i was scrolling along the timeline an actress i follow named reagan gomez she was all over the 90s and has done some recent work even today um this was the tweet she had written um before i even go into that you know the boondocks lightly okay lightly let's try it this way do you have you heard of the game of spades lightly okay. wouldn't know how to play but I, I know it exists it is so funny that you mentioned that because for those who are unaware spades is a game that is played particularly in black american communities and i emphasize that because i've played spades maybe twice and was terrible at it it is a very high 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 level of stress a lot of bravado rides on it and in all in all it's mostly enjoyable for the people watching because even if you don't know what's going on, you can kind of figure out by who's winning, who's losing, all that sort of stuff. And because it is so ingrained into that community, it is not very often that you see people who are not black playing that game, much less playing it well. On to my boondocks reference. So, Ed Wunsler III is a rich white man who is mediocre in all senses of the word, like got tossed out of the owner, the army and whatnot, but his grandfather's a billionaire, so he's set for life no matter what. The catch about Ed Wunsler III is that he's voiced by the late, great Charlie Murphy. And his character, like, wears cornrows and cusses. And his best friend, who is also white, is voiced by Samuel L. Jackson. So, you, if you haven't been into the boondocks already, please get into it. But this TikTok user, which go, who goes by the name of Jordan Josephson22391, he is getting the Ed Wunsler Award because... In the aforementioned tweet that I was bringing up, Reagan Gomez says, and this is after a quote tweet, imagine getting beat at spades at Thanksgiving in front of your whole family by a talking white man. Here, the audio version that is, is what she's talking about. So if I have a club, I have to play it. But if not, I can use a spade and win bull- Dude, I cut you out again, didn't I? God damn. No, I did not already cut out diamonds. Check the book. Hey, we think that's a good idea. Bad here. Got my face. Uh oh, man. Hey, diamonds lit. Cheating ass. Thought I told you don't do that. I told you don't do that. Get out my face. Oh, yeah. You know I'm about to cut your head off, right? You know I'm about to cut your head off, right? That's right, slow motion. Where y'all going? You must think I got no more money left. 
I'll tell you right now, we would fight. <laughs> so I think this is his actual name. Mr. Jordan Josephson, you get the Ed Wunsler the Third Award. It's more heated than I like my cards. <laughs> A lot more emotion in there. Yikes. Oh, all right. So my word's going to be short and sweet. Uh-oh. We all remember 2016 NBA dunk contest where Aaron Gordon put on a show, had better dunks than Zach Levine. Thank you. Through the entirety of regulation. Thank you. But both were throwing down great dunks, so the judges just kept giving each of them 50 over and over again. So even though Gordon's dunks were better, they just kept going because Zach Levine's very good dunks were still getting 50s when Gordon's probably deserved a 55 then. <laughs> Facts. But that's not possible. It's a stigma in the NBA dunk contest where big guys just uh, don't seem to get as much credit as they deserve for what they're doing. The same thing happened to one Sir Obi Toppin oh, this weekend man. of the New York Knicks. Here we go. Talk that talk, please. I'm not that impressed that Anthony Simons, like if you have a vertical that is good enough for you to grab a basketball 11 feet in the air, I'm not that impressed by the fact that you jumped, grabbed it, and then just regular dunked it. <laughs> right? Because like Obi Toppin probably could do the same damn dunk and it would be less impressive because he's five, six inches taller but it's also just like if you can do if you can touch that high, the dunk's not that impressive. Just saying, there's no there's not that much art to it. I don't disagree. That's just a display of your raw vertical, which like go to the NFL combine. <laughs> Jeez. I'm just saying. I was not impressed by Anthony Simons. He did like Pretty average dunks. Obi Toppin had more grace. He had more flair. He had more acrobatics. Mm -hmm. But because he's six inches taller, he got robbed. So the Aaron Gordon, big man bias, award of the week, goes to Obi Toppin. It's just wrong. I, I, I actually have to agree. I have to agree. But I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't even watch a dunk contest this year. I watched the highlights. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. I only saw them after the fact. Uh, and I'm looking, Let's be real. And I looked, and I'm like, I saw Obi's first dunk. I said, "Ooh, that's tough." And I saw that Afrony Simon's one, and I'm like, "He did? Huh?" And just when I watched them all, and I'm like, I, 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 I don't see it. But you know, judging has always been a huge question mark. This That's why true. Dwayne Wade can't show his face in Orlando anymore. <laughs> like, we know this now. Can't believe he gave that boy, a, that man, a nine. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you don't get to live that one down. But uh, I did realize while I was giving out that award that I do just, like, have a question. It's more of, like, a tell-me-something, per se, than an actual award. This is going to be like an incredibly American thing of me to say, probably. But? 
I have no idea why anyone cares about some damn royal family across the pond. And Twitter was blowing up. <laughs> like for four days now about Oprah's interview with Harry and Meghan. And like, I understand the elements of like race that make this an interesting story and scandal that make this an interesting story. But I don't understand why anybody cares about the crown to begin with. Like it, it's, it does nothing. It's just a symbol. Eurocentrism at its finest. That's the best way I can answer that question. It's an archaic symbol. Why do we care? You don't care, right? Not really, no. I knew my look, I knew Meghan Markle from Suits. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what? Like, no, like, like she she's the kind of she's the kind of beautiful that you see on screen and you're like, no way. I can't no, no, like like no, this can't be. Like we 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 know what we know what the vibes are. You you know how it goes. But yeah, like I ended up not really caring, but the conversation around her is very interesting as well because she herself identifies as mixed and not necessarily black. And yet the things that came out in that interview of which I watched pieces, I'm not gonna lie, I'm sitting there like, wow. Like it's, I almost think that the the fuss that's being made while it is about the crown, it is simultaneously about the fact that racism can be that blatant because somehow we needed another reminder of it happening, especially outside the country. I think that's what it is, really. Especially for white Americans, they're like, oh, finally, the heat's off of us. It's it, 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 it's someone else's turn. It's someone else's turn to look racist. I mean, you don't have to look far for that to be. That happens all the time everywhere. Like, Agreed. There's so many things that were just said that like, I'm just, my mind's blown. Because like, you, know, you were like, I know Meghan Markle. You know, I knew Meghan Markle from Suits. I'm like, I didn't watch Suits, so I sure as hell didn't care when some <laughs> lady I didn't know from some TV show got married to some prince overseas. Like, why do I care? Uh, like, I can't imagine that it's that big a thing for, like, Americans to see racism existing overseas. It's like, watch a soccer game. Listen, it's like, I, right, and listen to what the French national team is the perfect example of this as well because one of the starting forwards said when we lost we were all arabs and immigrants when we won we were french exactly i, I like I, I don't know it, i don't understand the literal palace intrigue and i never have and like i was thinking you know maybe Maybe someone would have an explanation for me for once. I but like, I don't, know, I just don't know. I don't get it. But uh, let's be clear. A lot of people freaking care because <laughs> it was all anybody wanted to talk about on Twitter for like the last three days, I feel like. Probably just because it's like a cultural happening more so than they're actually day-to-day -day followers of the crown. Yeah, because it's not often like 
you see an institution like that, right? It's not often that people leave voluntarily. I guess that's the intrigue around it as well. It's also super wild to me that they stayed with Tyler Perry for protection. Like that needs to be <laughs> that needs to be a movie in and of itself. So I didn't know that was a detail of what came out. Yo, it's crazy. They apparently felt safer in Tyler Perry's estate than they did in Buckingham Palace or wherever it is they lived. Harry knows that Medea's not real, right? <laughs> I hope so. Oh, I hope so. Oh, oh gosh. What a week. What a week indeed. And that's going to do it for us. Once again, thank you for joining the show. You can follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We're hosted on Anchor, where you can leave a voice message as well. You can follow the one and only Brian Albin on Twitter at Brian Albin Life. Brian with a Y, only one L. I, rather, I am. Ugh. Dang it, that messed up my <laughs> messed up my delivery. You can find me both on Twitter and on Instagram at IamUnqua. That is underscore I-A-M-N-K-W-A. I picked that one up a little bit better. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Oh man, do I have any final thoughts? I don't think I think I'm thoughtless. You're never- I think I am just I am I'm a I'm running on empty today. Yeah, well, you'll get a chance to refill. And so will you folks. Bye, y'all. See you next week. We'll be there this time. Promise. Mm -hmm.